<laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not an I, check out She Gets It pod all right i know i'm the one with the little boo me on there that's me all right new season new season 22 giving y'all encouragement motivation and a real insight in the things that i think about on a daily but i'm saying them out loud to y'all so check me out on she gets a pod on your favorite podcast app and also find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. The makings of you. Okay. Don't be scared. If you listen to the show already, you'll know some things come up. And we kind of switched up the makings of you from season one. Um, going to season two and the magazine use just that we ask questions open-ended questions you can share how you feel like sharing just so our views can learn a little bit about you and right now we're going to start off i don't mind who answers first but matter would, would we like to take a break or anything right now like a couple minutes i'm good i'm good yeah, let me do the rest too. of this okay okay so the first question <laughs> how would you describe yourself I, I think that's a loaded question for me. Um, <laughs> Both. Claire, Claire asked. Clara asked me to um, describe myself in a little, you know, summary. Um, for the podcast, yeah. Yeah, for the podcast. Um, I describe myself as what the mix, clarinet player. Um, what a clarinet? Okay. Lover of. I'm still playing the clarinet. Yeah. Um, lover of popcorn, lover of Milo, lover of love. No, I am a substitute teacher. Uh, I am a professor. Got my BA. I'm very proud of this. Uh, BA in Spanish and MA in Spanish with a focus on Latin American literature. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you. <laughs> how would you describe yourself? The first word that comes to my mind is broken. I describe myself as a broken individual um, who is trying to piece together every shard to complete themselves. Um, I've had a lifetime of trauma that I'm realizing is trauma. I'm learning just now in my 30s that my life has been riddled with trauma and I have no idea. And there's some power behind that. And that's what's helping me kind of like gather all the pieces together and super glue them and like, you know, do what I can to be whole again. Um, And because of that, I consider myself a survivor. And, you know, I write a lot. I do, I write poetry, I do journaling, prose and it, I mean, if you go as far back as like 10, 15 years ago in my journals, the word survive has been the constant theme in my life. And that is all I do. 
I know how to do. So. Once again, thank you for sharing. How would you define your childhood and upbringing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like all these, all these. This is the makers of you. These questions. I know why. I'm. I was very fortunate. Um, I say sorry, Clara. Um, my best friend was my mom. You know, that's like, don't be sorry. You know, I'm sorry, I was say that. Yes. Yeah, she was my best friend, and uh, you know, I, my trauma, and you know, I was when my grandfather died because he was the original best friend, right? And I, I'm still struggling with that. I'm just struggling with my grandfather's passing, and I'm. 33, I'm about to be 33 years old. But I think I had a great, you know, having that one person that I really trusted in, um, my childhood was great. But then when he passed away, it was like, I couldn't love anymore. I realized like, everyone's gonna leave me. No, but as I got older, I realized like I have to let go of that. I have to like, heal myself from that like, because not everyone is gonna leave me. Um, it was a big trauma. It's a childhood trauma, right? Right. Um, when I met my husband, I was like, okay, that's it. He's, he's gonna leave me, right? So I had to like learn open myself up again. Um, I had to learn how to love again. Melody. So. <laughs> hey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And, um, thank you for that deep ass question. <laughs> I, I, I told you and. Respira, it, mi amor, respira. It, it's one of those things that it's getting to know you. See, this yeah. is something that we, it's every episode. And it's and it's the same exact questions every episode to every person that we. Hey, have. this is what I like to add. I like to add this. I am chillona pero chingona, which means I'm a crybaby but I'm a badass. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. It's you're not true. a gem. You're not a Gemini. Right? I'm a Cancer. Like, oh, that, you know? oh. <laughs> that is my next one. Uh, our, our episode that just will will be coming out before this one. We talk about zodiac signs. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> now you get it. Now you get this, Claire. Yeah. What? I know. I and you know what? If, and if you don't want to answer the question, that's perfectly fine as well. I forgot what the question was. The question was: How would you describe your childhood and upbringing? Hard. Um, in the simplest way possible Um, it was hard I mean I was there were moments where I was happy and a lot of the memories that I have of my childhood aren't happy memories Um, I've experienced a lot of loss and abandonment and um, a lot of pain from a very young age and it takes me some time to remember 
the best of times. Um, and often those are, they coincide with the worst of times. And I feel like Melody can attest to that because she was around for a lot of it. <laughs> um, and it's something that I realized very recently, like a, maybe within the last six to 12 months, I realized like, oh shit, that was not a normal childhood. None of that was okay. And I've lived my entire life thinking that it was. And so just kind of going with that, learning from it, growing from it and trying to heal has been, you know, the journey that I'm on right now. Exact word I was going to use. And mm. one of the biggest things like letting y'all talk it out and something I'm going to do after this one, I'm going to share my making of you with y'all. So, cause I feel like we have, <laughs> A lot of connection coming here, so I don't want y'all to feel like you left out. Yeah. <laughs> so and we got we got a few more questions to let y'all know. So, just, okay. <laughs> so and like you can make it as brief as long, but y'all are doing an excellent job. Yeah. Oh, thank thank so you. Um, next question we have: Where do you consider a home? Oh gosh, that's so. Especially right now in this quarantine, I just am. I guess, for lack of a better word, craving Guatemala. I'm so, um, mm. I'm, I just, and we were talking about it, Clara, like, I'm just, I'm just, I just want to be with my, you know, I have uncles that are still live over there. I just want to be with them. And then right now, like, my mom, she lives, she still lives in South Central. Um, I think maybe I'm like 30 minutes away from her. And, you know, I, I am high risk. So I, I haven't been able to see my mom. And my mom's arm. That's, that's it. Like mom's arms. That's home. Mm. So, like, what the, and it's still it's still intersectionality. It's what the and my with my parents and in Guatemala. <laughs> mm. So LA and Guatemala. That's home. I mean, the first place that comes to mind is Houston. And I mean, I was there for 10 years. So I was there for 10 years and it was the majority of my 20s. So that was basically me growing up and growing up as an independent person, not having to be a care provider for anybody, not having to worry about anybody except myself for the first time in my life and making friends and relationships and learning about myself and you know it was just amazing and you know I always say like if I could go back to Houston I would however if I really could go back to El Salvador I would do it in a heartbeat um, and I haven't been there since I was eight years old so over 20 years almost 30 years oh god I'm old um, <laughs> Um, since I've been there and you know I mentioned earlier that a lot of the memories I have are not very positive ones but all of my memories of being in El Salvador are good memories and there's a certain connection and like sense of invigoration that I get when I think about home it's the motherland it's where I'm from it's where my mom was from it's where you know, if I want to trace back my life, 
and I had the privilege to do that, it would take me back there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, and I will just switch it up. Claire, I want you to start with this one. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. <laughs> what were and what are your beliefs? What do you mean? Straight like In terms that. of what? In terms whatever, of what, though? Whatever terms you feel comfortable. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I believe that we are meant for so much more than what we are doing right now. I believe that we have been, as a BIPOC community, conditioned to think that we are less than, even though we are all perfect and beautiful creations and that we come from something great. Um, whether you want to call that God or whether you want to call it the universe or whatever you want to call it, there is something, I believe there is something much larger that is bringing us all together and helping us move forward together. Thank you, Claire. Melody. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> oh, I, I was about, you know, I was going to do it. What were and what are your beliefs? Oh, man. He's just asking all these, like, profound questions, right? I know. I talked to um, Clara about this early. Um, you know, I was at 27, I was like my deepest depression, right? And um, I remember, like, we were saying how our mental health, you know, how we're taught to deal with mental health. Um, people around who would say, you got to go to church, right? And it's not, you know, that that's our, that's our belief, right? So I, they would say, oh, you got to have faith. And I'm like, I don't know, like, if I have faith. What is faith? I would, I asked my brother and he, I don't, I, I don't even know how to answer that because I don't know what faith is. I imagine it's like love. You can feel it, but you can't see it, right? Or like the wind. Um, and then when I, you know, got married, my in-laws were like, oh, you have to get married in the church. Because if not, you're not getting married in the eyes of God. But I always believe that God is around me, right? I, ha I have a connection with God. It's not that I have to go to church all the time, right? I just have to believe. Um, and yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I have those beliefs, right? And uh -huh. it, it, whatever it, you're saying, that's what, that's the, your answer. Yeah, yeah, like, like, my, I, my point is not to influence any of this. Yeah, it's like I, I do, I do, I, I do have a strong connection with God, and that is my belief. But I, there's sometimes like, and I say, I told Claire, there's a song by, I think it's Juan is no, 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 it's not Juan. Oh no, oh, yeah. not no, no, not Juan. Yeah. Um, he, there's a song by the script. I think they're from Ireland, and it's called Break Even. And then they say, um, um, the opening line is, I'm still alive, but I, was, I still break even. Even I, I'm praying to a God that I don't believe in. 
and I'm like, I remember one of my fam extended family members said, I don't like that song because it's, they're saying that they don't believe in God. But if you're at the time, you know, if you're in your deepest depression, there's no way that you're, you know, there's, there's a you're like asking God, like, why would you let this happen to me? You know? Um, and you're just out there you know, communicating. Absolutely, I understand. Absolutely, yeah. understand. And, and that's always that song to me. I'm like, oh yeah, but you know, and when you're at your happiest, you're just kind of like, okay, I, I, but I believe, right? Yeah, hey, mm-hmm. that's something. <laughs> that's another. That's a whole another topic. That yeah. trust me. And we talk about the things because you. We'll, we'll, I'm, I'm a whole reserve my comments until we're done. <laughs> But okay. you know what I mean. Like no, I know what you mean. I yeah. know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. So, next question. How do you define joy? I think Clara, Clara and I have the same kind of... I think mm-hmm. you're going to say the same thing. Do we? I, I don't know. First, yeah, I'm going to let you go it. first. I don't know what oh, I'm my God. Um, I... Is it music? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Yes, like we met in band class. It's only you know perfect to say this, but you know I I I see a therapist, right? Talking about that mental health, I see a therapist, and our connection. He, you know, our connection is music, and he once asked me, um, "Describe how you want to feel." I couldn't describe it with happy or sad, you know. I want to feel accomplished or whatever. I described it with music. And I don't know if you know, um, there's the Don Henley song, it's called Boys of Summer. And, I think I do. Um, you know that song? Yeah. So it, he, I said, I can't describe it with words. I can describe it with music. And, you know, because he said, Why, how do you want to feel? I'll, in my head, I was like, I want to feel happy, but I don't want to say happy. I want to describe it to you with a song. Mm. And it, the song, the song is about a breakup, about this guy waiting to get back with this girl until the boys of summer are gone, right? Uh, yeah. And then, but there's this one line that says, like, um, I see you walking real slow and you're smiling at everyone. And he says, your brown skin is shining in the sun. Like, that's the feeling of joy to me. And mm. that's it. I remember when I was in high school, I would feel that sun on my skin. I just feel so good. I'm like, that's my, that's the, that's my joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's similar. <laughs> um, so, as I've mentioned, um, from El Salvador, my family's from El Salvador, which is a coastal country, um, and so. For me, joy is being at the beach on the sand on a hot day with the waves crashing so loudly that you can't hear anything else. And like feeling the hot wind and the cold water on your feet and, you know, smelling that salty air and knowing that that is the same experience in the coast of El Salvador as it is in the coast of California. Um, And 
for me, that's, it makes me feel like when, you know, my feet are in the water, I am stepping into the same water and the same earth as my ancestors, as my mother, as everybody back in, back in El Salvador, back home. And that is what brings me joy. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Next question. Who were and or who are your role models? I'm sure you've gotten a lot of people saying the same thing. My mom. Mom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mom. Uh, she's so strong. You know, even though they're weak, they just like that put on that facade, like I'm just so strong. And I want to be like that. Thank you, mom. Yeah. Maja. <laughs> Mommy. Mommy. <laughs> Madre. Yeah. <laughs> And once again, I hate to be to throw an uh, influence in on it. Once again, if, if it's no one, it's no one. If you don't have one, it's no Because once again, that's what I'm going to share with my, which I laid out. I think I need to be an example for others. I need to be a little something. But I don't want to be the example. These are just opening the question. For me, it's the opposite in that I guess I had anti-role models. Like... Mm. I saw the people around me in my life, like in my family, and I knew that I didn't want the same thing that they had. I didn't want the same life, the same mannerisms. I wanted something different. And, you know, I am very different from the rest of my family. And, and that's a good thing. You know. <laughs> and she knows that she's known them for 20 something years. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like I always think about like I mean I love my mom absolutely adore her and would do everything for her and I did do everything for her and um when I think about her I think about how all of the things that she did I I don't want those things for myself so what do I have to do you know to get through that to break that cycle and be better and be the better example for the next generation Thank you. Again, thank y'all so much. You know, y'all, it, I don't want to feel like if this is something to feel uncomfortable, you don't have to ask. I get the floor, but I'm serious. Thank y'all for sharing. Um, you know, we're going to go into the next question. What is a quote that you live by? And who is it from, if you can remember? Uh, okay. So my mom always says, just two quotes. Um, one is like things happen for a reason, mm-hmm. which Clara and I have talked about, right? Um, and another thing, another one is um, things don't happen when you want them to happen; they mm-hmm. happen when things need to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, that that one was the best one for me because when I was so like down and out. I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm ready. Like, like I just, I just, I just want to like feel better now. 
know, and she would say, well, things happen when they need to happen, not when you want them to happen. So now out of that, you know, out of that state that I was in, or um, I look back and I'm like, man, like you really, you know, I never thought this time would come, but it came. Mm-hmm. I feel okay. Uh, so I live by that one. <laughs> That's something I, I live by quite a bit as well. Yeah. Good and bad, but clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say the most recent one that I've been living by, my, my most recent mantra. Um, the work is hard, but we do it anyway. And that is in that pertains to specifically equity work and dismantling um, systemic racism, and especially as a woman of color, it is and it has been such a challenge, such exhausting. an ordeal. Exhausting isn't even the word. There's a reason why you don't see me at work anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, it's, it's so much, and yet it is so important and it is so necessary that you have to find a way to keep moving forward, you know, and like, it doesn't have to be the same thing you've been doing over and over again. There has to be another way, because if it's that important, then you will find a way. Mm. Yeah. Loving all this. This is what yeah, y'all make it. When I when I would say this quickly, yeah, just interviewing you two and just answering these questions. The whole thing, y'all make this a joy for me being a <laughs> podcaster and sharing this information. I'm serious. Okay. Um, thank you. Maybe maybe this lighten a little bit more. Okay. This would be if you could have one meal. I usually say last meal, but. If you can have one meal that could be, and whoever can make it, dead or alive, what would be that meal and who would prepare it? Oh, I already know. You share yours first, Claire. (laughs) No, I'm going to (laughs) cry. This is going to be a fun one. I know. I I wasn't Uh, even thinking about, I wasn't even thinking about anything. Okay, I'll share mine then. I I was, I I already cried. (laughs) The tears are with us. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you could see, like, all this in this room. Okay, okay. So this is like all Elvis Presley stuff, right? (laughs) And in the back, there's some Elvis stuff. Um, They call this my Elvis room. You know what? I think he was like into the fried peanut butter banana sandwiches. I think I would want him to make me <laughs> make me one. Elvis to make you a fried. Yes. Elvis to make me fried peanut butter, butter banana. Yes. Peanut butter banana sandwich. Yes. Yes. Huh. Okay. I've had a I've had a peanut butter banana sandwich. Mm. They're really good, but the fried made by Elvis would be great. <laughs> okay. Oh, Claire, Claire, don't don't even don't even. Do it. <laughs> you, you can make it short. You don't have to go into detail. like I want. To, I don't want to influence you very well. You feel comfortable. If I could have one meal, I would want it to be my mom 
my mom's sopa de frijoles. And it has to be made by her and served by her. And I want her to like sit right across from me as I eat it. <laughs> and she watches me. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I miss her. Exactly. <laughs> Don't be like these are yeah. your emotions. That's how you feel. And once again, yeah. we are thankful for you sharing with us about you know the experience because that, that's part of culture. That's very important. But y'all are both sharing. I mean, once again, thank you. Um, you got two more questions. Okay, it's almost oh, over. Shit. The gauntlet is almost you. over. I know. I saw that. Because, um how do you want people to remember you um that made me want to change the questions up like. <laughs> um, that i treated people with kindness treated people with kindness yeah, yeah. those are just the people to remember i would say that yeah. mm. i remember somebody um, sharing, like this was said at somebody else's funeral and it stuck with me. I wasn't there by the way. Somebody else just told me that they said this. Um, <laughs> something along the lines of they had so much love that their heart couldn't keep up with it. Wow. Wow. And oh, as wow. much as I say, Dude, as much as I say that I hate people, because I say that a lot because I'm an introvert, and um, I mean, I will do anything and everything I can to help the people around me. Like, it doesn't have to be somebody I know and love. It can be anybody. And, and it's not because, like, I want that recognition. It's because I know that life is so much greater than just myself. Beautiful. And it was similar, Claire. It was similar. <laughs> okay, last question. How would you describe how would you describe your culture? Oh jeez. <laughs> I, so I have all these thoughts in my head. I'll just, I'll start just cause yeah. like this, okay. The first thing that came to mind when you asked that question, specifically the Salvadorian culture, we're loud. And it's because we are a very vibrant, happy people, despite all of the oppression and all of the war and all of the mass, like, you know, murders, like, despite all of that pain, you're still such a resilient and happy you know community and we bring that with us everywhere we go you know and that's true for those of us who are in diaspora you know like i may not have been born in el salvador but i know that pain i know that loss and as painful as it is it's not it's still not enough for me to move forward and help those around me. That's what we do. We love it. Uh, that, kind of the same thing, you know, and I, there's um, a poet from El Salvador, you know, you know him. Hey, I know him. <laughs> I am him. Yeah, 
okay, so his name is Roque Dalton. Um, was, you know, his, um, his dad is actually from um, the USA um, and his mom from El Salvador. So what is it? Like, I'm gonna, I wanted to think of a nickname like what the mix for him, but <laughs> I can't. Um, so all he, American. Well, we're all American. Central American, oh. South American, North He's American. Salvadorian. He's Salvadorian. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so he, I know, he has this, um, uh, one of my favorite poems in Spanish, it says, um, hace frío sin, sin ti, pero se vive, which means, like, it's cold without you, but I survive. Um, and I feel like that's my culture, right? Like, you know, we know how to survive. But we and lose, we we, yeah, we lose these people that we love and like connecting it to me. Like I always connected that poem to my grandpa. I'm like, it's, I miss you so much, but I survive. You know, and then that's the same thing with my immediate family. Like I never thought that, I always thought about my pain and losing my grandpa, but I never thought about my grandma's pain and I never thought about my mom's pain and my dad's pain. Well, but we survived. And being empathetic. Being empathetic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, it wasn't until I was older, I was like, hey, like I realized, hey, you guys feel too. You know, yeah. it's not just me, it's all of you. Absolutely understand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> my mind was like, ladies, thank y'all so much. Thank y'all, y'all. I mean, this has been such an interesting, beautiful soul searching educational um i mean uh, a handful of things i would say about this episode and thank y'all for sharing on the makers of you you know we'll make sure to run it by share it with you all as soon as we can thank but you. um once again um dang, i should have said i gotta put this in a snippet earlier but uh, i'm gonna pause it i'm gonna come right back because i have <laughs> but, um, the reason why we do this on everything culture is because we want to unite um, each other, unite cultures, mm -hmm. unite people. Um, because no matter how different we are, we're still human beings within ourselves, and that's a culture right there on this mm -hmm. planet Earth, on this great wide galaxy that we have. And Martin Luther King, and we base our works um, pillars of respect, communication, and consistency. And our mantra, I would say, our motto is from Martin Luther King that he said back at Cornell University years ago that men hate each other because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. And they don't know each other because of segregation. Um, you know, they fear one, fear one another because of segregation and miscommunication. And here on Everything Culture, we try to correct those um, issues by bringing one another together once again and so we want to have some segregation and let's talk about our issues so we can begin to love one another especially within the time we have right now so once again thank you both so much melody and clara with intersectionality 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 Thank y'all so much. Make sure y'all check them out on Instagram. Y'all can follow the link. Make sure to follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, 
at everything culture make sure to follow us on twitter at every thg culture make sure to go to our website at www.everythingculture.com and yes it's thang t-h-a-n-g and check out the merchandise um support us through cash out mr d713 that's one of the best ways to do so and we'll catch you all on the next episode thank you and god bless Oh yeah, the Zelda is a very interesting one because you know that's something learning. It's all, all these things. If I don't agree, I'm learning. That's the point. I don't have to agree with it all the time. And I was joking on there. I like, I don't think I know that I'm a Leo and we're the best. So, and I heard that's a trait of the Leo. So, <laughs> like, so when people are like you must be a Leo. My I'm like, no. Oh, but it's oh, all love, and it, it's just one of these things that what you all are doing don't stop. Keep it up. Thank and you. Thank you. Nothing, uh, nothing great come in like just instant. That's one of the quotes I would say. And I haven't even did the makings of you myself, and the reason I do all these things is because same thing with you all. My childhood and upbringing is different, and I'm just gonna share with y'all. Yes. It's going to be, it's, it's recorded, so I'll share it later. I may there do something. all those makings of you, isn't it? Yeah, and because I get this from people, and y'all aren't the only one saying these things. Like, once again, mm-hmm. um, some people are very like, oh, this is, they make a joke about it, you know, no big deal, but that's their personality. Yeah. And I believe these questions bring out the true mm-hmm. form of people. So, like, the first one, say, how would you describe yourself? Um, well, I describe myself as um dang see and that's the thing i would describe myself hopefully loving um as i would say you know a, a man i would say that or a male um i would describe myself as african-american describe myself as a christian describe myself as um bald and bearded married <laughs> um you know i can say a hard worker um you know lover of christ and back again but those are ways I can describe myself, you know, physically, you know, I'm stocky or 5'9", 240, 250, between those things. So these are the things I can describe myself to someone that's never met me before or even my personality. Um, how would I define my childhood and upbringing? Um, abnormal, I would say, but not so abnormal because in the work that I've done, a lot of people experience the childhood that I've experienced. Um, a lot of death, a lot of death, a lot of, um, I would say grief, um, seeing substance abuse, but obviously seeing family that step up and help love one another and grow. Um, and when I say childhood, I, I would say grief. Um, that a future episode I want to discuss about when did somebody stop being a child? You know, you know, we can say legally. It's, it, it varies over the, the great states that we have here um, here in America, in the North America. Um, you can have 16, 17, and 18. That could be your age of consent or, you know, when you become an adult. But I believe my adult, I became an adult when I was 14, 13 years old because the responsibilities I had to step up for. And was I fully equipped to be an adult? Absolutely not. I know some people at the age of 21, 22, 25, still not equipped to be an adult, but hey, it is what it is. I hate saying that, but that's the situation we have right now. And that's mm-hmm. a discussion. We, we actually had a discussion mm-hmm. for a little bit, when should you move out the house? But 
Um, or, you know, when should you what, leave the nest? But things are changing, things are different. Um, I grew up in a, I was raised by my mother, my grandfather, my aunt, my uncles. Um, I didn't have that mother-father dynamic that people have. So, and I've been in, you know, it's been different. That's one thing I would say. So, you know, I would say it's a blessing that I'm here when I'm at. So, I wouldn't say it was horrible, but I will say it wasn't what a lot of people would say as a childhood. I don't think a lot of people can handle what I've been through. But uh, what do I consider home? Um, of course, I was ideally with my wife. Um, that's home, you know, where she's at, I'm at. Um, Location-wise, you know, as far as growing up in Texas, um, that's home. Like, I do miss Houston. I even miss Tyler, but I do miss Texas. Like, but that's what I consider home. Um, my beliefs, um, I believe I'm Christian Baptist. I believe Jesus died for our sins and he rose again. And we are serving him, God, and the Holy Ghost. Um, and I have belief that that's what I absolutely believe in. But I also, you know, people, I don't knock other people for what they believe in as well. But that's what I believe in. And I believe that we have to, once again, love one another because that's the main thing Jesus wants us to do is to love one another. Mm. And I do believe people, if you, if you ever watched the, the book of Eli with Denzel oh, Washington. Yes. yeah. That was a very deep film, very mm -hmm. deep. And for people that's confused, and I know well, I don't say confused, that somewhat lost at times. That's the part of it. And with Melody, what you were saying earlier, yeah. that's why I wanted just to blur out. I'm like, I know what you're going through. Okay, I understand. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's a part of it. Um, and knowing that, um, you know, you're gonna have family members you're looking for God, and trying to find that faith. Faith is just that. Do you see oxygen? I mean, you know, I can get on preaching, about yeah. it, but I believe it's like, do you see oxygen? Do you see air? But do you know it's there? Absolutely, you know it's there. That's a part of faith. And it's it's hard. But once you get to know him and have that more relationship and reading the word, I think you can better, well, I know you can better have faith because the things I've been through in my life, yeah, it's, it would be like, yeah. why would you continue to have those thoughts and processes? And, in your mindset, but hey, I'm here where I'm at today because of that. Um, most impactful moments of my life. And I've, I got this exact question from when I, when I started at CPS. And when I started at CPS, they asked, well, of course, they asked some questions. And, you know, not to knock your melody, but I'm just speaking my point. I had some people like, my life was just so good. I don't have anything and start crying. And I'm like, really? Like, you never had nothing like you like, yeah, graduated from high school, graduated from college, um, got my new puppy, and just sound like, that's beautiful. Oh, Brandon, what's your uh, impact on most in life? Um, mother, well, I said my grandmother died at Alzheimer's. Grandfather died right a year after that. Um, mother died. Um, uncle died. Best friend got shot and killed in front of me. And yeah, those are some impactful moments in my life. And it's like, I don't know, you know, like, it's a little different, but I'm good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but those are like. I just want to hug you right now, Brandon. Like, you don't even know. I know. I just want to hug you. Same thing with, same thing with y'all. And that's what I say. When we meet people, we go through, we have to grow and go from it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, go from there. You know, it, it's trauma molds people in different ways. But I want to say I know I have to keep going. I have my days and it's great. I have my days and it's bad. But hey, you got to make it better every day. And that's why I say I'm trying to bring them on Instagram now. I used to send them Snapchat every day. And they know me for that. It's like, you know, whatever you're going through, you have time to make today a great day. You have that power. Yeah. I know how you can before you go to sleep, you can do something that'll just turn your day around. Just whatever that is. Um, how do you define joy? Man. Peace. Um love, laughter, laughter is joy. I mean, that some of the hardest times of my life that I can think of the bad times and I can think of something happened and we laughed and we went from it from there. Um, I mean, me and G-Jack, um, when our friend died, like he wasn't there when it happened. He was actually, in, he, he was at um, college at the time. Uh, it was like right, right before, he was like at a early summer program for you to college. And, but we came back and while me and all our other friends were like standing in like our friends across the street from his house and we were just like, man, we can't believe this is happening. And things got extremely somber. Like, it's like the world stopped. And, you know, we became, you know, this is, these are all men. We intend to talk about this in the future. It's, we, we've been talking about it, but we really haven't had a full conversation with each other since that happened. But it's like, man, we were like, wow. We just, it's just like, can you believe this happened to such a good guy? And then one of our friends said some something crazy as hell, and we just busted out like, <laughs> it was like something so like out because when our friends were going to prison, and somebody said something crazy like just broke the ice. And every time I think of that, the the hard disheartening moment, we go back and I think of some laughter that come from. It. So that's why I can find joy into anything, you know? Jesus Christ. And then I say, God, I think God put this in, in, in me to find that. Um, my role models, I love what Clara said about anti-role models. Because, man, when I tell you I was that, I never thought of it. I've said it, but I never said anti-role models. I've said, yeah. I've always said, I got people that don't want to be alike, you know? And But I, 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 re- I really would say my grandfather, and but and my uncle Al, and you know with the relationships of my grandparents, even though it wasn't perfect, that's one thing I have to look at it. People are not going to be perfect, and I think that's part of being a role model. Um, I'm a mentor myself to a few kids and with young adults now, and I was just talking to one of my mentees, the one that I've been in his life since he was 11 years old in CPS custody. And I had to tell him, you know, man, I don't expect you to be perfect. I just expect you to be better than what you think you are. You know, and, you know, he's going through the whole experience being in college, you know, and I'm like, dude, you got free tuition. And I'm like, I hear where you're coming from, but I ain't trying to hear everything. You go, you, you make decisions, you do things, but keep pushing. So, and I tell him as his role model, I get he say I am. I'm like, man, I'm not perfect. I got my flaws like a motherfucker. I curse. I'm like, that's a flaw. But, <laughs> hey, just be a li- loving person. I, I love what you said. Melody is before it because how you want to be remembered. Because I have my aunt Pinky, and I was like, I don't have any bad words to say about that woman. And she kind of bring my quote together, but it's one of those things that like being a loving person is very important. Um, 
and that's why I want to be remembered by as well. So anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. But there's a <laughs> quote that you live by, and a quote that I live by from that individual I was talking about, my aunt Pinky. Um, and she was like, what she said, what her exact words? And it's nothing famous. It's just, it was just like basically follow your heart. And when you don't, that's the only mistake you'll make. Mm. And and it's and I say my heart because and she followed back. She's like she's been knowing me since I was a little boy. She's seen all these things I've been through. She's seen with my mother, her struggles and supporting, picking me up, taking whatever I went through in life. She was she's there, you know. And as an adult, I have um and then when I say as an adult, this is in my twenties. No matter when I went back to Tyler, I would go by and see my pinky. I don't give a if it's raining, it's storming. If I'm just coming to town for 15 minutes, I'm gonna stop and see my pinky. She passed away a few years ago. She was like 90, 91, 92 years old. But um, I mean, she's one of those very rare, very few people that how can you not love this person? She still had chickens in her backyard. Didn't have a microwave in her house, baked everything, took y'all. It's just like, just short old sweet lady, you know, <laughs> went to church every Sunday, you know, involved, like, just nice, you know. And so it was like some things she told me. She was like, you know, I said, you, everybody going to second guess yourself. And when I was second guess myself, she was like, stop doing that. She was like, I've seen you as a little boy, you made decisions as a child that adults didn't make at this time. So when you feel like something right, mm. you with it. It didn't help that I'm a Leo and it made me a little more confident. <laughs> but it's the truth. I really do um, support that quote that follow your heart. When you doubt yourself, that's the mistake you're making. Wow. Um, mm. Last meal, man. Ugh, not last meal, but the main meal. It wouldn't be by one person. It would be Thanksgiving dinner by my family. Like the one like potato salad by my mom. Um my aunt Brenda would make the salad on the dressing, not stuffing, but dressing. Very different. Um I would have probably the ham by my aunt Brenda. I would have desserts by my aunt uh, desserts by my aunt Winnie and my aunt Pinky. And, uh, you know, the brisket with a turkey would be by my cousin Mark. He's still with us. He's just, you know, taking a little vacation right now. Mm. But you just just get my family together and have the, that great meal put together for us. And if that if it can't be prepared by family and friends, it would be Mercado's in Tyler, Texas. Um, fajitas. Can <laughs> margaritas. Best Tex-Mex you can have. It, oh, my gosh. Like, Houston, Texas, Michigan, hold a light candle to East Texas, Texas, Texas. So Excuse different. me, what? Excuse me, what? <laughs> Until you go, I, I'm telling the same thing with barbecue. A lot of barbecue in Houston is trash compared to East Texas. Have you been, have you, just telling you the truth. I went a lot to you. For a different episode, isn't it? Yes, it, man. I, I, remember, I, I remember going to Papa's for my first time in Houston. Ugh. Oh, my. Gosh, I was like, I went to, I went there three times. I'm like, y'all should shut down. And this is yeah, this for is, real, right? This, right? This, the barbecue sauce is basically oil. That's it. It's like, it's, 
No. I'm like, I wouldn't know because I'm a vegetarian, but it still sounds nasty. <laughs> we'll check. Oh, that's another conversation. We have had, I would love talking about that. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> how would you people want to remember you? Um, I'll try to make a difference. Um, I love my family. Um, and I love my community. That's the big thing about it. Hopefully, um, I'm not trying to get any worried about being selfish or anything like that. I just want to know I can leave an example for somebody else to make be an example. That's why I put it. And how would I describe my culture? Man, searching. Mm, if that's one word I would say out there, and that that can sit, that goes from being a man to being African American to being a Christian is searching. Either you're searching for you know your place in society, you're searching for who you are, or you're just searching about faith, what that is, and for the your greater common. All those things go hand in hand. So. That's my making stuff me. <laughs> wow. So, which is, but anything I, you ask about it, that's how we want it to be. I love that. I love that segment. I need to. Mm-hmm. I feel like that. And, you know, we, you know, this is being recorded. I don't mind. But we really talk about it. Some people, well, on the show, it's like some people, oh, we don't need it. It's too long. It's too personal. Or we should just do it where people answer it. I'm like, I like the way it's being done because the topics are nice because if you listen to our previous episodes we did the makers of you at the beginning then we get into the topics but sometimes it's like it'd be a little you know we'll get on the making you to make you go for a long period of time so right now we're trying to break the makers of you up and like so when we started like when you're we usually release on a wednesday so like on like Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday, the makers of you coming out about you, you know. So oh, that's so cool. They can see a little snippet of you because the whole nice. point of the show is to get to know you. If we yeah. get to know you, then we get to know why you make the decisions. Why do you think mm. the way you think? Why do you vote? Why do you date the people you date? Why do you marry the people who you marry? Who do they kind of remind you of? Why don't why why certain chores you hate to do? Why do you fold clothes a certain way? How often do you wash your ass every day? All these things mean something. I'm just being real. It's like oh it, it comes to you and a lot of you know what? And you can find the answers to those questions on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Love, love. Oh my god.